Uh, it is the Spur to 2016 podcast, Northern Ireland 1, Norway 5. Uh, my name's Andy Bell, joined by Luke Niblock. Uh, Nib, I haven't anything really written down here. Um, it's not often we do a podcast in this sort of mood. Um, it's probably our worst performance. Uh, if we're being generous to Barclough, it's our worst performance since early days O'Neill, maybe even Worlington. Yeah, I mean, there's not much you can say after that. Not much good anyway. It's, it was really tough for you and actually, mate, to be honest with you. I went into that game maybe a little bit worried about the game, but I just never thought it was going to end that way. So, yeah, it's some worrying signs. Looking forward, it just looked like we kind of went backwards 10 years there. It really did. Uh, we know we're not great when when our, our, our top players aren't fit. You know, we saw that in Germany when there were four or five players out, and I think we all accepted that. Well, first of all, because that game was a dead rubber anyway, but also um, because we're literally, I think we're missing Evans, Lewis, um, or even missing Davis that night, a couple of others, like, like Washington players like that I mean tonight is we're only missing Evans and Lewis and you know while it's an excuse to an extent we really need to be doing better than that we need to be covering better than that we need to have players who can come in and and uh, and fill the void a lot better than that don't we well yeah I mean you we talked about it quite early in the game we just didn't really know what the formation what the system was really watching that I mean I think personnel wise as well I just don't think that you know the likes of Michael Smith at, you know, right centre half with, with Dallas out right wing back really worked. You know, there wasn't really much cover coming from Stuart Dallas. It all just, it didn't seem fluid in any way. And it's the first time I've watched us lack any kind of intensity or, you know, genuine effort in a long time. It just looked really, really lackluster. It really did. And I think there's definitely some questions to be asked after that. I know that, you know, Norway do have, you know, the likes of Erling Haaland and, and Alexander Sorloth up top who are in a lot of form for their clubs and are certainly at the minute, but there's no excuse in that. You should not be losing 5 1 to Norway, even with those guys on top. You really shouldn't, man. I mean, like, uh, we've one of the, I think one of the strengths, sorry, I can barely even get my words out here. I am really angry, by the way. Um, one of the strengths under Michael we had was like when we came up against a player like that, and uh, when we came up, like, for example, against Lewandowski in uh, the Euros, and we came up against Ronaldo in Portugal. I know Ronaldo, uh, at Windsor was probably the the uh, only example against this, but against Michael there was always like a real plan, and it was always like actually that player didn't get a kick, and it was other players who did the damage because there was a bit more space for them. Um, I mean, Holland's a good player, but like for goodness' sake, the fifth goal—it's literally a through ball by a header. Like the yeah. defending was so bad, and you know a headed through ball gave him five seconds of time to pick a spot, and you know. I feel like we can spend this podcast saying he's brilliant, there's nothing we can do, but, and, you know, for example, that, that second goal is brilliant, there's nothing we can really do about that, but I just thought, you know, he is a great player, but we, like, we really didn't help ourselves at all tonight, at all. No, I mean, I can't remember, honestly, mate, the last time I saw us concede, like, from a diagonal ball or from, you know, a ball over the top like that as, as easily as that, like, I've never seen people get in behind us that easily, you know, it's not like, you know, these guys are blessed with pace either. It just looks so sluggish. Like you're watching Craig Cathcart and he just looks so slow, like so, so lethargic. And well, I, knew, I knew he hasn't been playing loads of club football, but that was just, I mean, the the ease at which they, they, they got in behind us today was just, I mean, I haven't seen that in a while. I just wonder what the setup was defensively there, mate, because under Michael, you wouldn't see that. You know, you never saw that really happen. I think, you know, playing the three at the back might not be the way forward, honestly, if there's going to be that much space out wide between the centre-halves, you know? Yeah, I think it sort of started four at the back and then went into three at the back. And 
Ian Barclough's talk about this, these games being ex- not experimental and being preparation for Bosnia, and then it's just sort of thrown in the air when you're getting hammered so badly that you have to change it to protect these players. And, you know, that you, you talk about Craig Cathcart there, and, you know, this may sound a bit knee-jerk, um, but the thing about doing a podcast 10 minutes after a 5-1 defeat is you get to jerk the knee. And I I, you know, I thought Cathcart was really, really poor tonight, and I actually think Cathcart's been quite poor in general for a couple of years now. Um, that's not going to be popular because people like to talk about Evan and Cathcart as these, uh, uh, you know, as our, as the two, you know, they were the pre- they were the Premier League centre halves last year. Um, but for me, you know, like Evans is Evans is just a significantly better player. Craig yeah. Cathcart is is you know in his early thirties now. He didn't. He was dropped for Watford last season, one of the worst defences in the Premier League last year. Um, and I think at times has uh, has 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 been faulty for Northern Ireland. I really do. I think. He's uh, he's ridden off the back of Johnny Evans for the last year or two now, and as I say, this may seem reactionary, but the thing I noticed tonight was, you know, he wasn't really even taking any leadership there. Um, in terms of like balls into the box, uh, there was one in the second half where nobody really went for it, and you know, you're surrounded by Smith and Ballard and Shane Ferguson, who's obviously the backup left back, and you know that yeah. can't be easy, um, because you're not surrounded by um, lots of experience and lots of talent there. However, in that situation, as the 31-year-old, as the guy who's Premier League experience, as a guy who has, what, 40, 50 caps under his belt, I'm guessing there, you yeah. want, he, he has to be the one that takes leadership. You know, he has to be the one that, you know, at least says, right, I'm going to go for this ball, even if I mess it up. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of lost words. I just thought, I thought he was really, really poor. I don't think he was brilliant in Romania either. No, there, I mean, there's definitely a golfing class between, between Johnny and, and Craig. You know, I think, it's not just that Johnny does the classy stuff, you know, the stuff on the ball, you know, the 40-yard the passes, you know, the kind of calm influence on the ball. Johnny does do a lot of the hard graft as well. He's always done that for us. And I just, it doesn't look like Craig Cathcart really has either at the minute. And that's that's really worrying, you know, because you're one, you're talking about one injury to Johnny Evans away from this squad just looking awful, you know, and with no leadership and nothing to really carry, you know, for the ball from the back, you know, there was just no control of this game at all. And anytime we were in the final 30, it was just kind of pass around a little bit, like a bit of a passing drill and just no urgency, no urgency to get the ball in the box or just, you know, to threaten the way we, we, we've been doing for so long under Michael. So that was just a real concern. And like you say, at the back, you, you look at Curry Cathcart, you think he's going to be the leader and you just didn't see it tonight. You really didn't. And that might be a sign of things to come. It really might, which I hope isn't the case. It, it, it is worrying, it is worrying. And it, one of the things that annoyed me about Cathcart was, um, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but I think he got booked around midway through the second half for just like plowing into the back of somebody, like just a pure frustration okay. thing. Yeah. It's like, I, there were two occasions. There's one for the, uh, I think the one, the goal where Haaland squares it to your man and Cathcart has a, has a five-yard run on him. It uh, doesn't make any attempt to be aggressive to get his body in the oh. way. Same thing happened again towards the end of the game when I think Ferguson carried it off the line. Show your aggression there. Show your aggression when there's a ball to be won. Don't ply into the back of people just to get fans on side. You know, I, that really annoys me. It's, it's like what Jordan Jones did uh, for Rangers against Celtic the other year. You know, show your aggression in a way that, you know, I'm, I'm going to make sure I get to this ball first. I'm going to make sure I get my body in the way, win a foul here instead of letting them go through. You know, don't just go out to, to, to try and, I'm not saying try to hurt somebody, to, to just foul somebody for the sake of it as uh, under the uh, under the name of frustration. Um. And listen, Ballard. Ballard was hooked off tonight. Um, Ballard is going to be the scapegoat for this, but I thought uh, Smith and Cathcart were worse. 
Yeah, I mean, I think so. Some people might listen to this and think we're being a bit harsh. Some people might be really angry and agree with us. But I think even ultimately with some of those players missing out, like Evans, you know, like Jamal Lewis, who just, you know, made his move to Newcastle there or is in the process of that. Um, you, you can't really excuse it. And I know that's a couple of really vital players out for us. But, I mean, you, you would think that these guys can come in and put in a better shift than that. And it's just, you know, I think, I mean, like Steve Davis, might, he might be glad he's kind of got the bulk of his cap out of the way. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's yeah. concerning. It really is concerning now. I mean, Steve Davis is someone who's going to be leaving us pretty soon as well. And, you know, you just wonder, you know, who's, who can come through and kind of, take this squad by the, by the scruff of the neck and, and really make it their own. It's it's a bit worrying because, you know, you do have a lot of aging players here and you just have to hope that some of these young guys coming through can can really shine for us. And, you know, if the system isn't really offering it, it's, it's a real concern, mate, going forward, it is. Yeah, um, and you have to take into consideration, of course, I think Steve Davis probably has one or two more years left in him. I can't see him playing until he's 40. Um, no. Johnny Evans is, what, 32 33 now, I mean, performances like that are going to have him thinking about retirement. You know, if, if this goes back to um, previous days, you know, these guys aren't going to want to stick around. They've done their service for their country. And it was just so bleak tonight. And, you know, obviously there were no fans there and that, that didn't help. But there, it's, I really, I know what's going to sort of come out after this. It's going to be excuses. It's going to be Holland was brilliant. It's, but, you know, I, I don't think we can get away from really how poor a performance that was. And listen, if we if we sat here tonight and we'd lost 2-1, what we'd be saying, it's you know, it's no disaster. It's only the Nations League. The big one's coming up in, in a month's time in Zeneca. But, you know, 5-1 is just, it, it, it's it's something we haven't really seen, with the exception of Germany away and dead rubber, as I said, at the end of the last qualifying campaign. It's uh, It was a performance that we, we really haven't seen of late. And, you know... Yeah. This this whole thing about about Haaland's brilliant, um, and you know, the, at a point at halftime, I did I did mention that the guy I was watching it with, I did say, you know, if you look at those three goals, um, the second, third, and fourth goals, uh, you the first one or the, the sorry the so Haaland's first one's obviously brilliant, although perhaps we should do better on the first ball. The second, uh, the third goal for Norway is like the midfield actually put some good pressure on the ball and then it's pinged into Haaland sort of at chest height he takes a touch and perfectly lays it out wide and then obviously yeah. the fourth one is uh, is is great work from him as well um what was it what was the first goal again like why am I uh, forgetting that I can't remember I think Haaland was well involved as well um anyway like yeah. you can say he's a good player and that was the difference but international football you're gonna come up against good players you know we can't just say oh he was a good player yeah he, no. he is a good yeah. player we knew he was a good player before the game we didn't have a plan for him um, yeah. And you know, like, what what do we do against what do we do against Jacko next month? Like, we can't just say Johnny Evans coming back into the side and a young left back is gonna oh that will solve it. We don't need to worry about that anymore. Like, well, this, I mean, Jacko's arguably as prolific as as Haaland, I would say. Maybe even with that experience, maybe he could be arguably slightly uh, more of a threat than Haaland, which is just terrifying to say at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm worried about that game, though, mate, because, you know, I, I know they lost. I think they lost 2-1 to Poland tonight or something, but... Yeah, but just, they won all with it late a couple of days ago. Yeah, I just worry, though, mate. You know, if... if I, I don't like this formation, honestly, the way it looked tonight. You know, I know you can... There's some more players to come back, but, you know, the 3-4-3, three, three, I just think, you know, there'll be some players in that pitch like Pjanic that can just pick out that space, you know, that will be left. There'll be space yeah. in between wing-backs and, and centre-halves, you know, and... It's 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 really worrying going into that Bosnia game. Now, you know, we talked before, you know, a couple of podcasts ago for Barclough, you know, these two games were very important for him. 
they were very important for him because going into this, you know, it's a chance for him to show what he can offer this Northern Ireland side early on. And let's not pretend he's inheriting a squad like O'Neill inherited. I mean, O'Neill came in, you know, with what was quite a poor squad, and you know, yeah, it was exactly. And he 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 made it work. And you know, Barkov has inherited. You know, I know there's players out tonight, but he's inherited a better squad than O'Neill did. And you know, I just don't think it looks good at all. And I, I am worried about that game. I really am. I I just can't see where you get a result in that game now. And yeah. you know, if to kind of come into these two games and, and put some performances in and look all right you know you can always look forward to the game but I'm not even looking forward to it in a way now mate. I'm genuinely thinking it's just of the worst and I hate to say that it might be a bit reactionary but it's not looking good for Bosnia man I, I'm 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 actually terrified of the Bosnia game now I have to agree um do you think there's a there's a thing in which maybe Barclough had a bit too much time to prepare for these games and he slightly overthought it and maybe, mm. you know, this could end up being the making of Barraclough because he could just go back to basics and we could, you know, see a Michael-esque performance with a Michael-esque team in Zeneca. I mean, the wingers, yeah. it, it seems so bizarre to me. Like we mentioned before about, you know, how Michael likes to play a centre mid on the wing to really uh, make that midfield area a bit more compact. We said, well, you don't know if Barraclough will, will do it. Well, Barraclough did it on both wings and both, you know, there wasn't a single uh, out-and-out uh-huh. winger. Um, unless you include Dallas in that, who hasn't played in the wing for three or four years, there wasn't a single out-and-out winger uh, across those two games. And no, the first game is uh, is yeah. Savile and McGuinness on the wings. The second yeah. game is Dallas. And I don't. Do you know who was playing left wing tonight? I don't no, know if I, it was Thompson, if it was Savile, if it was Ferguson. Times, but I, I couldn't even tell you, man. I really, I, I couldn't. It was just I, strange watching it. Yeah, like I under, I understand the, you know, the the idea that you. Yeah, Against Bosnia, if you're looking to nullify Pjanic, you're going to want a, a centre mid out there. But yeah. like, at least you want to sort of know who's like against against Holland. We did that, and Savile played out there, but you knew he was he was on the left. So I yeah. just didn't know he was on the left, and it was just it showed when it was so disjointed. Um, yeah. What, yeah. what What did you think? Do you do you think he just had a bit too much time to think about that, or you know, why on earth have we not seen a, a winger across these two games? Maybe he has overthought it a wee bit and just and just he's 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 employed something in training with them and, and he's went with it. But I just I do think he'll revert back to the four three three. I do think he'll go back to something a bit more familiar for these guys because I just I know Michael, you know, sometimes would play around with the three in, in the occasional game, but I think the four three three just suits us. I think it, it makes sense for us the way I mean with you know, with Dallas at right back, Jamal Lewis at left back, just don't overthink it, you know, by putting Smith in at centre half or anything like that. Just just, you know, play what we're used to and, and, and make it easier for yourself. You know, if he just kind of went in and, and played what, what Michael had been playing, he would have made the job a bit easier for himself. I know he wants to do what, you know, he thinks is right philosophy-wise, but I just think sometimes you have to, to look at the squad you have and, and realise what you have at your disposal. And I don't think the three at the back does us. I really don't. No. No, I completely agree. Um, where we're going to go into next thing, we're going to start to sort of wrap this up. I don't, I don't think... Uh, Anyone's particularly um, interested in a, an hour-long podcast tonight? Um, I'm just trying to see, just trying to see what I've, I've written down here. I mean, just uh, you know, Bosnia. I suppose the one of the sort of positives could be actually that they're a better team than these two, and it's pretty obvious how you set up against Bosnia to, to try and get a result. I mean, they're a stronger side. They're at home. They've they've better players. It's it's a bit like at least the job's a bit clearer for Baraklov. But as you say, I'm a bit worried for that one. But do you think the fact that you know? Romania and Norway before these games, we would have said are around the same level as us. Maybe even that we would have said we're better than Romania. Um, yeah. Whereas with Bosnia, we know they're ultimately a better team than us. So at least there's no confusion about how to approach it. 
No, that's the thing. I mean, if you if you if you like the like I said in the last podcast, if you like your rankings, we're we're above, you know, we're above both these sides. So yeah. Uh, you know, that's a bit of a concern, I suppose, for some people. But yeah, I suppose you do have that that one goal. You know, you know these guys are a better side. You know someone's gonna have to do a job on Jacko this time. And you know, I suppose the one thing is, you know, Jacko might not, you know, get in behind with PS as much as Holland might, you know, Holland's not the slowest, you know, things like this. But it's it's worrying because even those ball those long balls up to, you know, Sorloff. You know, Michael Smith couldn't get, couldn't have, didn't have a chance early on. You know, trying to win that 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 you know aerial duel with with Storloff, and he he lays off, uh, he lays off, um, you know, Holland for the finish. So yeah. you worry someone like Jacko could could bully a Michael Smith if you were playing three at the back again. So I think just hopefully we'll have Johnny Evans back, and you just revert back to what we know and, and have Johnny Evans do a job on Jacko and and you know have a midfield job done on Pjanic. Just kind of keep it nice and simple. Have these these personal jobs for these players, you know, to go out and do against Bosnia. But I mean, even then, you know, there's probably other you know players of quality in that side that you might not see week in week out, like you see Pjanic and Jacko, and that could that could cause us damage. And there, there's going to be a worry all over the park, really, if if we're not careful. Yeah. Um, next three games: triple header, Bosnia away, Austria home, Norway away. Um, that could go one of two ways, really. Um, Bosnia is obviously the big one. I'm not, you know. So I'll take five nil defeats in the other two if we can get through Bosnia at yeah, the end of the day. But um, I mean, that's first of all, we are going to have to rotate for that one. Club managers are not going to want their players playing three ninety minutes in the space of what six days is it? Um, no, we're, we're 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 going to have to rotate for that one. You know, we we had to rotate tonight, and you know, we need to be able to rotate and put in a better fight than what we did tonight. I mean, any are there any positives? I feel like it has been completely negative, and I, I am, I'm raging here. I'm not going to you know, sugarcoat it on this podcast. I said when we, we started doing it, we said, to be honest, um, and we've given these players so much praise um, over the course of previous podcasts when we've won games, when we've fought hard against, uh, against better sides. So we're gonna we we'll have to be honest with this one. I mean, are there any positives? I'd say maybe at least Jordan Thompson tried to show something, at least showed a bit oh. of fight. But I mean, he, he didn't use the ball particularly effectively. Um, I suppose Washington's quite good for the first goal, but I mean, we're really talk about clutching at straws. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if I feel like if the team selection was maybe a bit better, I, I would say some positives if there's if there was some more young kind of players, you know, blooded in a bit, but. I mean, it's just making our scoring. It's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> like, yeah. There's really not many positives to take from that. And I just think the team selection has, has put that in my head. Like, I just don't get it. I really didn't get it. And I think I'd be really interested to see what some people say on the Facebook page, you know, some of the feedback. You know, I know there'll be a lot of people who are just, you know, absolutely raging at that. But I'd be interested in some of the constructive feedback that people might have based on that game. You know, what we can do moving forward. Under Barraclough, you know, is he the answer? Some people have their own opinion on that already. Um, and it's very difficult to make, you know, a pretty informed decision on that, you know, two games in. Um, and we're all going to feel pretty reactionary after that. But we'll just, I mean, he is going to be the manager, you'd say, for Bosnia. <laughs> so ultimately, you have to yeah. the next few games, you know, just, you have to accept that. So, I mean, it's, it, it's yeah, I'd just be interested to see what people are saying on the Facebook page, man. I'd really love to hear some, some thoughts on that. Yeah, to be fair, I, I actually did think about, uh, you know, putting the uh, putting a post out and seeing, you know, what people comment. We could read a few out here. I just forgot to do it actually, but um, I'll put one out later on. We'll see. We'll see what people are thinking. I mean, the thing you have to remember is, you know, seventy to eighty percent. I feel I feel a bit stupid, you know, talking in this narrative, but seventy eight percent, seventy eighty percent of people wanted Stephen Robinson to be manager. Barraclough wasn't the fans' choice, um, oh, and these two games, rightly or wrongly, are only gonna 
hardened views on that, if you know what I mean. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm still, I'm still behind Barclough. He obviously still needs a lot more time, but I mean, like it's, it's, it's really bad compared to what we've seen. And as you say, Michael has left him a good squad. It's not like he's an inherited rubbish. Um, no. And Bar- the thing we have to remember is Barclough has experience before of inheriting good squads and keeping them good or even making them slightly better. So, you know, possibly, possibly this is just uh, a kick up the ass. It could be an idea just getting back to basics. Um, yeah. any, anything more to say before I wrap it up? Oh, nothing much more than that. I mean, it is, prob- as you said at the start of the podcast, probably the worst performance we've seen in a number of years. Um, there will be people saying that Barclough was an easy appointment, all these things, but we just have to try now, you know, in the training ground and work towards Bosnia, work with what resources we have. It's going to be difficult letting clubs, you know, bring these players back at the play for us, you know, but we just have to move on from that, mate. Just, you can't, we can't dwell on it too much now. Just get on with it and go on to Bosnia and hope for a bit of a miracle there, you know. Normally at this point I'd ask you for a man of the match, but I'm definitely not going to do that tonight. Look, um, it is a, a hugely disappointing night for Northern Ireland. Thank you very much for those who have tuned in. Um, I thought maybe we could offer some therapy in that one, but it probably just made you even more miserable, to be honest. But you know what? We're honest on here. We're not going to sugarcoat it. It was terrible tonight. Um, we will be back before Bosnia. I can promise you we'll be slightly more positive before that. This is, you know, as I say, we're recording this on the night of the game. We're uh, putting this out on the night of the game. In th- a couple of weeks' time, we might be slightly more positive. We might be, you know, a bit more upbeat about this. But, you know, as for tonight, we're, we, we just have to be honest, and I'm sure... Most people listening will be uh, thinking the same. Uh, thank you very much for coming on there. But it's not an easy job. No, not at all after that. Jeez. Um, so, yeah, um, like the Facebook, like the Twitter, like the Instagram. I'm not going to do any big conclusion to this one. It was terrible. Thanks for tuning in and bye-bye.